News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro. It is seven minutes after seven o'clock on a uh, lovely Tuesday evening. John Scholes here along, of course, with Alex Luchaferro. He is uh, handling all the uh, the big questions, the important stuff, the difficult stuff tonight. want to remind you, of course, this is a live call-in show, 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-TALK is the number to call in, ask your questions. Uh, this is an employment law show, so it's about, uh, it's about employment, your job, your severance, being an employee, being an employer. Maybe you've been... Uh, wrongfully dismissed maybe you're not sure whether you're an independent contractor or a full-time employee or anything under that sort of uh, sort of topic and, and rubric we uh, we cover here on the show each and every tuesday night live maybe not calling for yourself maybe calling for a pal maybe calling for a family member don't be bashful call in alex here to answer uh, all of your calls again 613-521-TALK email is help at employmentlawyer.ca we'll try to get to some emails later on and the topic of the show tonight as we as we roll on here everything you need to know about medical leaves that is another topic if you want to call in about uh, either for yourself or someone else anonymously or otherwise feel free to uh, to do so over the next uh, little less than an hour up until about eight o'clock tonight so we'll uh, we'll roll on here and get to that alex first the other uh, week that was you got a couple things you want to talk about what's uh, what's up pal yeah thanks very much john great to be here great to be back uh, live on the air in in ottawa it's prime time john i'm used to doing the show on on saturdays tuesday nights 7 ah, p.m that's for the rookies yeah, yeah. You think I could do it, John? I mean, uh, I, am yeah. I up for it? I think yeah, I am. Yeah. I think you sound I am. like you are. You yeah, well, like let's are, do it. Listen, we're, <laughs> we're here to talk employment law. We're here to talk, as you mentioned, workplace rights, severance, <laughs> layoffs, medical leaves of absence is something we're going to get into this evening, constructive dismissals, workplace harassment, you name it. If it has to do with your work, if it has to do with employment, uh, we cover it here on this very show. And as you said, John, this is a live call-in show. We're here to take calls, answer any and all questions our listeners have. Uh, please, we want to help solve your workplace situation. We speak to every we speak every day to people, John, who thank us for doing this yep. uh, show, for informing the public on what their legal rights are uh, when it comes to employment law. And you know, the callers are a big part of that, uh, John. No matter how big or small or or uh, technical or not technical the question is, uh, you know, that's extremely important when a caller calls in because by asking that question, not only is that caller getting the answer to their question, but it's also helping a bunch of other people who are listening that are dealing possibly with the exact same that's situation right. or a similar situation. So, you know, please, we want to hear from you. Uh, you know, you're, not only are you going to help yourself, you're going to help others. This is your chance to speak with an employment law expert. I don't know much about anything else, John, but tell, but I'll tell you something <laughs> I know about employment law. Uh, so again, you know, feel free to call in. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, for our, all our listeners or new listeners out there, uh, we always start the show with a segment we call The Week That Was. It's oppor- an opportunity to talk about a couple of situations uh, I've dealt with per- personally over the past week. Uh, these are two situations, John. It's actually two people I spoke with just yesterday. Again, we speak with people every single day and help them solve uh, their workplace problems. So uh, first scenario, John, I spoke with a lady yesterday, very nice lady, 10 years of service with the same company mm-hmm. in a middle management uh, position. And her employer, uh, kind of out of nowhere, she had never re- really previously received any uh, reprimands or any warnings about the quality of her work. Her performance reviews were quite good. Uh, and out of nowhere, her just a couple of weeks ago, her employer comes to her and says, hey, we're not happy with the way you're running your department. We are going to be demoting you. 
uh, we're taking away your your employees. She was a manager, so she had yeah. uh, you know something like seven or ten direct reports. We're taking away those people. You're not going to be managing people anymore. And rather than call you a manager, we're we're going to be calling you an associate or something along those lines. And she was obviously extremely upset. She feels like she had been doing the best uh, possible job she you know, could have in a diff- sure. difficult work environment. And so she reached out to us, uh, and she was wondering, are they allowed to do this? Uh, you know, what are my options here? And what I told her, uh, John, and this is a great lesson for our listeners out there, is that a demotion like this, especially if it's not justified, John, is what we call a constructive dismissal. It is a significant change to the terms of an employee's employment, and an employee does not have to accept a change like that. They have options. One of the options, because this is this is effectively a break or a breach of the employment relationship. They have broken the terms of this woman's employment contract by changing it so significantly. She's allowed to actually leave and get a severance package. That's option number one. She can say, mm-hmm. you know, to heck with your uh, change. I'm not accepting this demotion. I'm going to walk away. And not only am I walking away, you owe me my severance, my full severance based on my age, position, and years of service. Option number one, and that's actually something that she is likely interested in because she's obviously hurt and upset and you know doesn't really trust these people anymore. Sure. And fair enough. Um, option number two is she can hold her ground and say, absolutely not. I'm not accepting this change. I'm going to stay in my position and I want to keep it. I want to keep my job, but I want to keep the position that I've been in. And the company may have to concede that point. That's option number two. Uh, and either way, uh, an employer is not allowed to make that kind of change without the employee's consent. And that's a great lesson for our listeners out there. You cannot simply uh, expect that your employer is always going to do what's in your best interests as an employee. They are going, going to be looking out for themselves, and sometimes they will encroach on your legal rights in order to do so. This is one of those cases. A significant change to the terms of your employment is uh, not something that an employer is allowed to do. The employee gets to have a say in that situation, uh, John, and that say is either no, yes, I guess if you want to accept that change, typically that doesn't happen, obviously, uh, or I'm leaving and give me the severance package that I'm owed. I guess the third scenario was she stands her ground, says no, and the company ends up letting her go, in which case we're back to this, the the uh, scenario of severance once again, because now it's a wrongful dismissal, right? Yeah, exactly. She yeah. she can stand her ground, and they could say, fine, we're going to let you go. And, and I mean, that wouldn't be a terrible scenario either, because no. when we're calculating severance in that case, we'd be calculating it on the basis of her managerial position. And your position as an employee is a factor when it comes to calculating severance, you don't want to accept the demotion. Now you're just a regular employee, and right. your severance might suffer if you're then let go further down the ro- down the road. So, you know, either standing your ground and refusing the change, or walking away and getting a severance package is definitely uh, the way to go, or the two options that I would certainly recommend. Having said that, John. Uh, you know, for all our listeners out there, you don't want to just be quitting and walking away if you think you're dealing with a constructive dismissal. Yeah. Seek help, seek advice from an employment lawyer, and seek it early and as soon as possible. You don't want to wait uh, for a change to be implemented or months down the road if you think this is a constructive dismissal and then get advice. Very dangerous. You need to act right away. 
Again, to reach out and get a hold of Alex, by the way, uh, when we're not doing the show here in the office, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take our first break. I know there's another matter you want to talk about, and we've got lots more show to go. Again, live call-in show. Feel free to bring your calls in. Don't be bashful. We'd love to talk to you if it's something you're just scratching your head about about your job. Or I've always wondered, that's fair game. Bring it on. We'll answer it. 613-521-TALK. This is the Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. We are back indeed. It is uh, 719 here in the uh, the evening. Back to our uh, second, I guess, live Employment Law Show here. We are live on Tuesday nights and the phone call to call in, ask your questions. 613-521-TALK. Alex, we'll get to your other matter when it comes to the week that was that and everything you need to know about medical leaves in just a minute. First, I want to bounce over to the phones. As always, the callers have top priority. Patrick, thanks so much for hanging on. How are you? I'm all right. I hope you can help me out there. It's worth sure. uh, family there, actually. Okay. Uh, my dad uh, is, uh, is, uh, is a driver, and uh, he um, unfortunately uh, lost his uh, dental benefits uh, at the age of 69 with the city. And um, I, I was looking at a recent case uh, by an adjudicator at Tolos or something like that, and I realized that... Uh, they're saying that no, the Ontario Human Rights Board is not going to allow for that anymore. I, I don't know. Is there anything that we can do? I mean, he's put a complaint in with the union, and we haven't received anything. The thing is, he's retired now, and so yeah. Yeah, interesting situation, uh, Patrick. And happy to give you my thoughts. Ultimately, I think this this might be more a a matter. Uh, related to, uh, let's say, your dad's uh, insurance uh, company or the insurance company that his his employer or former employer uh, was contracted with, whomever that is. Um, and, And you're right. There have been some recent cases where the denial of ongoing benefits, whether that's health, dental, disability, you know, you name it, uh, a lot of insurance policies will have terms in the policy that say uh, that the employee is no longer allowed to receive those benefits after a certain age. For example, for disability benefits, it's almost always 65 years of age. And there'll be other terms for other kinds of benefits. Sometimes it's 70 years old and, and you know, some policies may differ. Um, and you're right. As you said, there have been some recent cases where those kinds of terms and those kinds of policies have been found to be discriminatory. So, you know, the question I would have is, OK, who's the decision maker here? Who's deciding when the pol- you know, when when uh, the cutoff age is and when it isn't? If it's the insurance company, Patrick, then there might be an issue there. If it's ultimately the employer, um, because your dad was unionized, it does become a union issue, meaning it's almost impossible for an outside employment lawyer such as myself to be able to assist. You'd like your dad rather would have to uh, go through the union to pursue that claim. Um, you know whether there's something here or not. I'm not sure, but but if your dad's you know retired already, there might not be much time here to act. I would look into it uh, right away. If you want, you can contact our office. John will give you the number, and we'd be happy to point you in the right direction. Again, this wow. might not be something we can necessarily help with, but we may very well uh, be able to help you. So give us a call. I'm happy to chat, happy to help in any way we can. Um, in- interesting situation, and uh, and it's developing law. These, these laws 
when it comes to these kinds of age limits when it comes to insurance policies are definitely changing. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't want to do anything with it, right? You know what I mean? Fair, it's just like, yeah. Oh, I'm retired. I'm, it's all done with. You know what? I'm, but at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, people are getting older now. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's just people are working longer. And why should somebody that's 68, you know, uh, not get the uh, get this more in terms of wages? That's what I call essentially. I, I consider it an extra wage. Compared to my dad, who, who's, who's been driving for an extra five or six months, and now he's retired, you know, and so he still, I think he's still got a little bit more time there. I think there's a year time to put the, put in, but I'm not sure. I'll call you up for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're right. That that age limit is, uh, it, it is arbitrary. There's no real logic behind it besides the fact that insurance companies know that the older a person gets the more they will be spending when it comes to insurance coverage, the more medications they'll have, the more dental treatments they'll, they'll need, and they want to cap those costs. And so when they cap you know, disability insurance at 65 or cap health benefits at 70, that's simply to save uh, on their costs and, and really nothing else. So those laws are being challenged. And um, yeah, listen, happy to help. Feel free to reach out. John will give you the number. Oh, thank you, Alex. Yeah. So, uh, I hopefully he'll he'll be singing again there, you know, in, in his retirement. So, <laughs> you guys probably know him. So, yeah, thanks. Thank very you, much. Patrick. Thank All you very right. much. Appreciate the call and uh, nicely done calling. And it was uh, was a good move. That number, by the way, Patrick one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Alex when the uh, when the show is done. Moving on to, through the rest of the week. And email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Your phone calls just like Patrick's. That's how it works. Six one three five two one talk. It just takes a. Uh, a couple minutes to at least get some answers happening or at least clear up some of the fog and move on from there. Six one three five two one talk is the number before we get into uh, everything you need to know about medical leaves. Alex, you had another matter you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, I did, John. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and as, as you know from our previous shows, I, I always like to... Uh, one of my kind of week that was segments to be about uh, severance. You know, uh, we speak to people every yeah. single day that have been offered severance packages, and there's so many misconceptions, uh, John. We we clear them up every day, and the, and so this is a kind of a myth I wanted to bust, and it's and it's related to short service employees. Okay. There's a misconception out there that short service employees w- get very little severance. You know, if you're a one year, one and a half year, two year employee, there's a misconception out there that you might only get one week or two weeks per year of service right. or something along those lines. And we speak to people every day that are kind of shocked at, at the advice we give them when it comes to severance. And this is one of those cases. Again, I spoke with a gentleman yesterday, um, one and a half year employee, so not very long at all, in his early 50s, in a management uh, uh, position, but you know, relatively lower management, um, you know, not an executive or, or kind of mm-hmm. senior director or anything like that. And he had actually been offered, rather than one or two weeks, he was offered, uh, I believe it was seven weeks of pay. And his first, you know, his first reaction to that when we spoke was, well, you know, seven weeks, it's not bad. It's better than one or two. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to find a job within seven weeks time. But, you know, it's not a bad offer, at least in my opinion. And I, what I told him is, well, hold on a sec. Just because you're a one and a half year employee, it doesn't mean that you're owed one or two or even seven weeks as a severance package, even a one and a half year employee such as the, this gentleman, he's probably looking at a severance package in the range of four or five months, uh, John, especially at this this time of year. And given his circumstances, he was telling me, you know, he, he might not be able to find the job until well into the new year. So, you know, we've got November, uh, December, January, and all into the new year. Obviously, hiring slows down 
at this time of year. It doesn't really get going until well into January. And, and so for someone to be looking for a job at this time of year uh, is not great. It's going to impact his ability to replace his income. And he was actually quite shocked when I, when, I, when I told him that number, when I told him that even as a one-and-a-half-year employee, he's looking at four or five months as, as uh, severance. And that's, you know, the reason why we mention these, these segments and, uh, and these stories about the week that was uh, is because these are not out-of-the-norm or uncommon situations, John. We deal with these kinds of situations every single day. They're happening out there in the world, in the workplace, Every single day, employees getting wow. uh, getting offered severance that's well below their actual legal entitlements. Employers making changes to the terms of employment that that are you know very dangerous and detrimental to an employee's uh, you know employee's ability to earn income and and keep their position. Uh, these are not you know one in uh, you know one in a blue moon situations. They happen every single day. Employees need to be armed with the knowledge of what to do in these situations. So when it comes to this gentleman, we're going to be helping him get his, uh, his the severance that he's owed. It's not going to be difficult, uh, John. This is not rocket science. I, I mean, you know, severance is a relatively straightforward uh, issue. Some cases get complicated for one reason or another. This is not one of them. Uh, I imagine we'll be able to resolve his matter within a couple of weeks' time. He'll get the severance that he's, that he's owed, and hopefully uh, he'll be able to sustain himself and kind of keep himself afloat while he looks for another job and looks to bounce back. Again, that's why we do this show. The information is necessary, and it pretty much affects all of us. The place where you spend the vast majority of the hours that you are on the planet, unfortunately, is your job for a lot of us. So it's really, really important, as Alex says, to be armed with as much knowledge as you can get. And if that requires a phone call, that is why we are here, 613-521-TALK. It's, uh, what, 728. You still got lots of time to call in this evening. Please do so. Everything you need to know about medical leaves, this is another topic where there's a lot of misconceptions. Conceptions. How long can somebody be away from work for medical reasons? Well, you know, it's uh, it's uh, a funny anecdote that, that uh, a lot of lawyers will uh, will cling to. But you know, the right answer to that question, John, is it depends. Uh, yeah. you, you'll hear that a lot from law- yep. from lawyers. It depends, and and it's true. It it does depend. Uh, but but to answer more specifically, th- there is no hard and fast rule, uh, John. A lot of people think that it's a year. A lot of people think that it's two years. Uh, it's not. It, it's not at all. It could be three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, the way the law works and the way the the uh, the language of the law is structured is that as long as there is a uh, as the person uh, will be able to work in the reasonable foreseeable future, meaning as long as there's some sort of prospect that is reasonable mm-hmm. that an employee will be returning to work the employee the employer rather has to keep that employee's position open and available to them if they do come back so you know in a case where the medical evidence is clear that there's no chance that an employee is going to be returning to work then at that point the medical leave could end that's what we call a frustration of contract situation yep. but until that time until the medical evidence is clear if there's a chance that this employee is going to come back to work John, that employer has to keep their job open available to them. Again, that could be two, three, four, five, sometimes six, seven, eight years, uh, depending on the person's individual circumstances, depending on on the medical leave and what that employee is is dealing with. You need advice in those kinds of situations. Don't rely on maybe a, a policy that your employer has that you know, it needs to be two years or it needs to be three years. That's nonsense. You need to get advice in the situation. And as long as there's a chance that you're able to come back and that chance is reasonable, uh, the employer has to keep the job open and available. 
Want to take a uh, short break and some more calls lined up here? You have plenty of time. Use that dialing finger. Press those buttons. 613-521-TALK is the uh, number to call in. You have questions about your job, employment, severance, wrongful dismissals. Call for a friend. That's fine as well. Lots of time to call in and, uh, and ask your questions here for Alex. The Employment Law Show continues. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we are back indeed. There is lots of time for you to call in here to the Employment Law Show. If questions about your job, maybe just a query about severance, something you've always wanted to know, or, you know, your next-door neighbor told you this and you're not sure he's right. Well, I guarantee he probably won't be right. So you want to clear out that information and call Alex. Call us here at the uh, at the station for the remainder of the hour. you got about 20, 20 minutes or so. 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. All calls are good. Don't be bashful. Call us. And we'll discuss lots of things in the meantime, talking about everything you need to know about medical leaves. Yeah, they can be as long as needed until it gets to a point of frustration of contract, basically. Um, does an employer have the right to ask an employee for their medical information and diagnosis? Yeah, well, uh, the, the answer to this question, John, is much more straightforward than my previous one. You know, when it, when it comes to the length of a medical leave, uh, that, that depends on the employee's medical situation. Mm-hmm. Does an employer have the right to know the medical information or the diagnosis of the employee? Absolutely not. That's a hard no, uh, uh, John. They do not need to know what the diagnosis is. They don't need to know the details of what the employee is dealing with, whether they deal, they're dealing with a, you know, a medical, uh, physical issue or a mental health issue. Uh, but however, they do need to know what the prognosis is, meaning they have to have a rough idea of approximately how long this leave is going to be if you are able to ascertain that. So for example, if we know that a medical leave is going to be for a month, because you know the employee broke their arm and, and it takes about right. a month to recover from that, well, then you should provide your employer with a medical note that says, you know, off on medical leave for a month or, or whatever the specific situation is. That is a prognosis, meaning, you know, this is how long he's going to or she is going to have to be off for. Sometimes that's possible and that an employer should know. You as an employee actually should be sharing that information with your employee to give them an idea of how long you're actually going to be off yeah. for. Sometimes, uh, however, John, an employee has absolutely no idea, and the doctors uh, themselves have no idea how long an employee is going to be off for, and that's okay too, John. So it, it doesn't have to have a specific set date. It could be indeterminate. It, you know, the medical notes say, can say, you know, off on medical leave until, you know, further assessment, for example. That's all right. Uh, but again, if you are able to give some sort of prognosis, that is something your employer does have the right to know. Six one three five two one talk is the number to call in. We'll uh, we'll get over the phones uh, immediately, like we always like to do. Top priority, Steve. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this evening. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, what's, hi, uh, what's your concern, pal? Yeah, I've got a question. Uh, I've got a friend who recently left a position, uh, change of government, so they had uh, maybe about eight or nine years of uh, federal government experience, and uh, so they're given the chance to. Uh, transfer their pension into an investment. Um, I'm just wondering, is there any way that they could cash out their pension earlier if they're, say, they're still in their 30s, but they wanted to use the um, the funds to possibly, you know, pay off, um, you know, some some debt or maybe just invest mm-hmm. it uh, personally as 
instead of having it locked in. Is there laws against that, or do you have to wait till you're 65? It's a good question, uh, uh, Steve. If, if I can ask, was your friend uh, in a unionized environment or non-unionized? Uh, it was unionized. Yeah. It was unionized. Okay, so so you'd, you'd probably want to have a look at the at the collective agreement, or your friend, rather, would probably want to have a look at the collective agreement. It may speak to that issue, or, or even just ask their union. I could tell you, generally speaking, that yes, drawing your pension out and, and kind of cashing it in, uh, as, as you said, is certainly uh, possible but there, you know, there might be some rules around a particular pension, especially in the unionized context, uh, Steve, and especially when they're what's called defined benefits pensions, which I, I suspect that it is. Um, right. there, yeah, there, there might there might be some specific rules in that pension uh, that might deviate from that. Um, you know, at the very least, what I can tell you is, if that's possible, he's going to take a hit. He's obviously going to take a tax hit. And there, there may be there may be some sort of penalty there, but uh, I would encourage your friend to speak to the union uh, and and figure out the answer to that question. They would know uh, definitively. Uh, it it may be possible. It may not. It's really going to depend on the terms of of the pension plan and sure. uh, and whatever collective agreement governs your friend's terms uh, of employment. I could tell you in the private sector, if that was the case, then. Uh, it's a much easier uh, question to answer, which is, yes, absolutely, they can do that. Uh, again, you're going to get a, take a financial hit, but you can access those funds. In the unionized environment, a little more tricky. Uh, pensions are a little more complicated, typically speaking. And so uh, that's something that, that your friend should look into. Okay. And it also, it could be locked into a financial product that could be, uh, for example, a lira or something that would be have to be locked in regardless of whatever form it takes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. correct. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call. Appreciate your time. Uh, you have time as well. 613-521-TALK. That is the number, 613-521-TALK. And call in here to the uh, Employment Law Show on Tuesday nights. We are glad to be here live on this uh, this night moving forward. So take full advantage of Alex and his knowledge as we do an hour here every uh, every Tuesday. In the meantime, everything you need to know about medical leaves, the next question is this. What happens to an employee's job while they're on that medical leave? Do they have regularly update their employer of their condition? And if so, is it every couple of weeks, couple of months? What do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, what happens to their job, uh, John? I mean, effectively nothing. Uh, they, mm-hmm. it, they might be temporarily replaced in that position. If somebody's got to do that job, then somebody's got to do that job. But their position remains open and available uh, to them. As far as updates go, again, yeah. there is no set rule here. There is no piece of legislation or law anywhere that says you have to update them once a month or once every three months or whatever number you want to choose. Uh, whatever is reasonable in the circumstances is the right answer. So if you know you're going to be on a prolonged leave that's perhaps undeterminate, uh, you know, maybe you're dealing with mental health issues, maybe you're, you've are you got you know, major depression or something like that and you're receiving treatment and your leave is indeterminate, uh, well, then you probably want to be updating your employer, I would say, every, uh, you know, six months or so. Again, if we're talking about a prolonged uh, a prolonged leave, maybe even six to 12 months is not uh, unreasonable. Um, some employers, you know, r- really push employees in these kinds of situations. They yeah. ask them for updates. Uh, as we discussed previously, they ask them for, you know, specific uh, specific uh, issues with respect to what they can do and what they can't do and, uh, you know, how ill they are or how ill they, they aren't. And a lot of employers will cross a line there. Again, keep in mind as an employee, you don't have to disclose all of that information. You just have to disclose the prognosis and you should be doing it 
on a basis that is reasonable in the circumstances. If it's a short leave, then maybe it's one update. You know, if it's a long leave, then maybe over the course of uh, of you know three or four years, then maybe it's you know four four or five updates. So that that's the correct answer. Every circumstance is is different. Certainly, an employee dealing with that situation, maybe you're you're getting a hard time from your employer. Feel free to reach out to us. We're you know we're here to help in these kinds of circumstances. You know, I, I can tell you, John, that that when people meet with us and speak with us to discuss these problems, they feel a lot better after they oh, speak yeah. with us. We, we are able to lift that weight off their shoulders, give them practical, good advice moving forward as to how to handle these situations, uh, because sometimes they are very context-specific, and sometimes we need to give that advice, you know, very specifically. So, um, you, you know, don't be, don't be shy to uh, insist when you're ready to go back to work uh, that insist that you go back to your job. That's another issue that sometimes employers will will give employees a hard time with, which is they'll come back and say, oh, well, we like the temporary employee. So we're, you're not going back to your old position. You're going back to this different position. That's a red flag as well. That's potentially illegal as well. You have every, every right to return back to your same position unless that position has perhaps been eliminated, unless the, you know, the department's been, been closed and that position no longer exists, well, then you, know, you, you have to be moved to a similar or comparable position. Uh, but otherwise, insist that you go back to your own position. It is there. It's waiting for you despite your medical leave. Again, as Alex mentioned, yeah, clear up a lot of, uh, a lot of headache and a lot of tension just by getting some information. You do that two ways. You can call Alex and Lior and the team uh, when we're not on the air, that one 855 821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is a good way to go and for the remainder of our time here and on Tuesday nights to follow 613-521-TALK at this time you can call in and talk to Alex live and start getting some uh, some answers as well back to everything you need to know about medical leaves and your phone calls we'll continue with more of the Employment Law Show News Talk 580 CFRA Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. Tuesday nights are the new time. Glad you're joining us here. Uh, time to call in 613-521-TALK to ask your questions about your employment and your job is what we do. In between that, we'll finish off our talk about everything you need to know about medical leave. 613-521-TALK. Michael, thanks for uh, hanging on for a couple minutes there. How are you tonight? Good, you. Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? So I want to be careful about any names or anything we use because the company I'm talking about is a local small company, and I'm I'm not out to uh, to get them in any way. But um, basically, uh, this company was looking to have a large growth uh, in a short period of time. So the owner, who was at the time no stranger to me, essentially headhunted me to help him through this growth. Um, a year after basically a sales position uh he asked me to step up to general manager once i stepped into the position of general manager and got inside the books and started to realize sort of the the internal operations of the company it became clear to me that uh they were using some unsavory practices that went against my moral my moral you know wants or 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 idea of of business Mm -hmm. so i just i walked away um essentially quit and then after that there you know he was uh he was a little bit unprofessional about it uh he did go to some other people that i was trying to do business with thereafter and and sort of bad talk me and and probably 
um, ruined some business deals for me thereafter. Now, was I in a position to seek compensation or severance or, you know, sort of where, where does the conversation go from here? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question, uh, uh, Michael. If, if I can ask you a couple of uh, uh, quick questions. Uh, had you approached them about this while you were still there? So did you did you uh, confront as maybe a strong word, but but did you voice your concerns to management or oh, to con- ownership? Con- confront confront is absolutely uh, how I came about it. Actually, okay. Um, no, I I definitely confronted him, and at first it was uh, the answer was kind of oh my I didn't know uh, you know, and then you know getting into it further and further and looking at it, it's like okay well this is something that you've been doing for you know 10 years mm-hmm. like there's you know there's there's no way this is something that you just oh my i didn't know this was happening like you clearly knew that this was happening mm-hmm. um you know and then it's sort of just the mistrust started you know and there was there was a lot of arguing and and sort of like well how do i know that you're loyal to me and it's like well you know i, I <laughs> What, what does that matter? It's like, how, how do I know that you're actually wanting to correct this? And it just, it got to a point where this became an impasse for us. We couldn't, you know, he, he sort of showed, and this is why I'm being very careful not to mention any names or anything, sure. because he did, he did show that there was maybe some intent. You know, we went about finding uh, better accountants, maybe people some to better educate him and, mm-hmm. and sort of help his business go in a better direction. But at the same time, it just created such a mistrust between us, especially me to him, that really staying with him was not was not optional. Yeah, yeah the relationship just just couldn't continue. And fair fair enough, and, and good for you for for taking that stand. Uh, one last question for you for you, Michael. I mean, you mentioned that you know the business practices went against your you know moral code code. Uh, for for lack of a of a better word, but but yeah. um, w- were the practices out and out illegal questionably yes questionably yeah okay and 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 there is a distinction there which, which is as follows you know at law and and i could say you know practically speaking i think you made you you made the right decision you know at law you know the law will not enforce morality uh you know for for better or or worse sure. uh and, and so if you just felt that the business practices weren't kind of up to you know the the standard that that you felt was necessary or if they were doing a couple of things that maybe you know weren't illegal but were not efficient or or not necessarily uh you know in good faith let's say you know, then that's a difficult situation. That's likely a situation where, again, you probably made the right decision, but there might not be any legal recourse there because at the end of the day, if it's not illegal, a business can operate in the way they want to operate. And that's for not necessarily for an employee, even a general manager, quite frankly, to decide. Um, the the analysis becomes very different, however, if what they were asking you to do or what they were kind of trying to rope you into doing was illegal. That's where we draw the line, which is if an employer is asking you to, you know, as part of your day-to-day business operations, do things that are illegal and you say no in response and quit in response having voiced your concerns, which you did, that is likely a constructive dismissal. And, and what a constructive dismissal simply means, Mike, is that is that despite the fact that you resigned, you still might be owed a severance package because you were forced into that situation. But again, that only applies if what they were asking you to do was illegal. It wouldn't necessarily apply if what they were asking you to do wasn't was, you know, immoral, 
uh, for example. There so, was definitely illegal stuff happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, but I, they never really got the opportunity to say, we want you to do this or we, you know, it was kind of like, okay, you've done this. You need to clean up this mess and, uh, you know, you, you need to figure that out. Uh, so, you know, I was never sort of part of it, but I definitely uncovered illegal actions once getting into a position where that could sure. be visible to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, f- fair enough. And, and so that's that... sort of what caused the... And like I say, he did go about finding proper consultants, proper accounts, mm-hmm. proper... You know, he, he did start to take the steps to change his business practices, to change those... I mean, whether he did or not, I don't know. I didn't stick around to find out. You know, it's... A, but I mean, it, it was it was clearly... There was some illegal things that were being done sort of as normal practice. Yeah. You know, not like, oh, my, I I slipped up and, you know, allowed this employee to do that. And, you know, it only happened once or twice. It's like, no, pretty much every single employee is doing this. And it's it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. No, fair enough. And and, and listen, here's what I'll what I'll tell you, Mike. I mean. Uh, I think this is worth a further uh, conversation. I mean, obviously, it sounds like uh, it's not a you know it's not obviously obviously illegal or or obviously just just immoral. It might be in a bit of a gray area, but uh, you know if this is something that that you're interested in in looking further into and again having a conversation about, feel free to reach out. I, I'm more than more than happy to chat. We can kind of get into the weeds here, which sounds like it's it's necessary. We can we can only go so far talking kind of in general like this. So yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. if you'd like to explore it further, uh, you know, you know where to find us. Yeah. And so the other sort of general piece of information I throw out that might restrict where we go to is that this happened two years ago. Okay. Um, that might be a, a problem. When exactly two years ago? Are we beyond that two year mark, Mike? We're not beyond the two years. Okay. No. So, so you have up until, you know, I would say two years from the date of your resignation, uh, to potentially deal with this, okay. if we're yeah, right we're about up, eighteen months from that. Okay, so we've got a little bit of time. Uh, I mean, it's also the case that that again, if if you're if you're interested in 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 maybe at least having a discussion about this or looking into it further, reach out to yeah. us sooner rather than later. The the longer time goes by, the more difficult these kinds of uh, of conversations and and potential claims get. So, John, I'll give you the number, uh, or if not, you could find this online or email us. Uh, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy, uh, more than happy to chat and and uh, and look into this in more detail. That's great. Thanks a lot for the for your time, guys, and uh, I'll reach out to you this week. Pleasure, Mike. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for the uh, the time uh, as well and your phone call. That's what we uh, what we like to hear. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is uh, the number to get hold of Alex, Mike. So I know you'll do that this week. You can drop an email as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Last few minutes here, I want to talk about the Pocket Employment Lawyer, and that can be found at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Have you had some time to uh, to mess around with it, Alex? Because I know I have. I absolutely have. Yeah, it's, cool. uh, it's a it's a great little tool our firm has, uh, has created. Like, like I said in one of our previous shows, John, it's the severance pay calculator on steroids is, yeah. is what I'm calling it. There's, um, if you haven't been there, by the way, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the uh, the place you can find it. Alex just mentioned it for, um, oh, God, I don't know how many years. It's been years since uh, since Lior and the firm, or Lior did. Something like the, six uh, years, I think, John. Yeah. yeah, the severance pay calculator. And before, uh, right up to the point that was a standalone feature, it had about 750,000 hits on it. So it was, uh, it was steamrolling big time. Well, that's been rolled into as part of a more robust system, and that would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There you will find the severance pay calculator at the top. 
have you got stuff about termination for cause? Does the company have cause to let you go? Are you an independent contractor? Have you been constructively dismissed? Is it a human rights violation? Are you suffering? Are you in the middle of workplace harassment? That is there as well. And uh, to go along at the bottom, there's also a section on long-term disability. Um, if you're unable to work, have difficulty working due to illness or injury, there's some information there as well. All these require a few questions, and you can get a lot more information to use this tool because, as you know, you're, the firm also does LTD, so that is covered as well. So you want to reach out to that. It is simple, Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca. It is free. There's nowhere to put a credit card if you wanted to. It's absolutely anonymous as well. And if you uh, decide to carry forth after spending some time on the website, there's a contact button, a little yellow button at the top right. It says contact us. Just press that and you'll get a hold of uh, Lior or Alex or a member of the team. We are going to wrap it there for tonight, guys. we got a lot of good stuff in. Appreciate all your phone calls. Uh, join us next Tuesday as well. We'd love to have you right back here and to get a hold of Alex in the meantime, one 855 821 5900 email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Until next time, appreciate it. Employment Law Show right here on News Talk 580 CFRA.